Hey, everybody, and welcome to the iFreak Show. Today on our panel, we have Andrew Madsen. Hello from New York City. And I'm James Uber, also from New York City. Uh, we're here at the Microsoft Connect Conference in the Spring Street Studios in New York City. Uh, our guest today is Nat Friedman from Microsoft. Great to be here. Nat, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Homo sapiens, born in the United States of America. Um, I have been a programmer since I was six, and uh, I grew up in Virginia and went to school in Boston, spent about 10 years there. Um, met in the mid-90s on the internet a bunch of Linux people on IRC, and that's kind of what got me into the open source world, including uh, my friend Miguel de Acaza, uh, who I've subsequently started two companies with. Our most recent was a company called Xamarin, where we focused on bringing out tools for mobile developers, primarily to help them build iOS and Android native apps using C Sharp and using Microsoft tools. And um, we uh, sold the company to Microsoft earlier this year in, in March. And uh, so I've been working at Microsoft since then. And at Microsoft, I'm in charge of all of our efforts related to mobile developer tools. So um, in addition to, to the Xamarin products, uh, there, we have a number of other services, such as Hockey App, uh, Code Push, um, Azure Mobile Engagement, and some, uh, Xamarin Test Cloud, some other tools that mobile developers use. No, that's very cool. I mean, with the we talked, we had Miguel on the show right about the time the that the, the acquisition was announced of Xamarin coming into Microsoft, and that was kind of a thing that people thought might happen, but they had been thinking that for a couple of years. Right. We've had him on the show. It must be really cool to have some new firepower behind what you're doing. So you've got your your vision, and tell us like what's happened since then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I think. Um, a couple of things. First of all, as Xamarin, as an independent company, we had to we had a bunch of employees, we had hundreds of employees, and we had to make money to pay them. And so our product was really expensive. And so I think one of the biggest changes is that Microsoft totally just altered the economics for us and allowed us to make our product for many users, absolutely free. And then to go to beyond that and actually open source the Xamarin platform. So I think that was the big initial shift. And so since then, the adoption of Xamarin really grew quickly. And uh, that when, you, you know, when you're a product person and you build a tool that you think is great, you can get it into many more people's hands, that's really exciting. Um, I think the other element that's important about Microsoft is, uh, and I think it's it's even even though a lot of noise is made about it, it's it's still under underrated, underestimated, is the incredible momentum and power and capabilities of the Azure cloud, and Azure is really just uh, has huge scale and lots of capabilities, and so. You know, today on stage, for example, we demoed all the cognitive services that are in Azure. So basically, we have artificially intelligent APIs that you can use to figure out the emotion of a person in a photo or to describe what's happening in a given image. Um, uh, Uber is using our cognitive services, for example, for their drivers to periodically verify that the driver who's driving the car and operating the app is the same person who's registered to that account for safety reasons. So I think, you know, I think being able for us to offer to developers not just tools for the front end for building the app that's in the device, but also the cloud back end that pretty much every app has, that was a motivator also for us joining Microsoft because it meant we could have a full solution. So, and then today, of course, you know, we were able to show some of the stuff we've been working on since the acquisition with the launch of Visual Studio Mobile Center. 
So you, uh, I think we're going to talk about Visual Studio with some some other people while we're here. But um, you, you showed something called Mobile Center, which seemed to me to be a little bit of a I don't know if it's a consolidation or sort of a unifying uh, um, of, of a bunch of tools that you've some of them have kind of been at Microsoft for a while. Some of them come in from acquisitions. Some part of part of Xamarin, Hockey App. I don't know everything that's included, but um, this seems like a real push for Microsoft to. Uh, provide a pretty comprehensive suite of, of, of back-end tools for mobile developers, whatever platform they're on, whatever language they're developing yeah. in. Um, what, so what, what exactly does Mobile Center encompass? Yeah, so our, I mean, you, you have a good description there. So our goal was, you're a mobile developer building an app, and as your app gets more sophisticated and, and as you progress in development, very often developers end up setting up all these different services to help them along the way. So your app's in the hands of users and you want to know how it's doing, so you set up a crash reporting service. Um, you want some analytics to understand who's using the app and how much they're using it, so you'll set up a separate analytics service. Or uh, you, you want to make sure that you're employing best practices in the development of your app, and so you want to build on every push. So you set up, you download Jenkins and set up, you know, continuous integration or something like that. Um, uh, so our, what we realized... You say that as, as, as if setting up Jenkins is a simple process. Yeah, we, download like we, we all know it. Let's get yeah. past that. It's like you hire someone that knows how to do it or you spend weeks doing it yourself. Yeah, and you, and you, and you may fail along the way, give up and just get back to what you really want to do, which is build your app. So, um, so we wanted to, we knew that because we have a bunch of products that Microsoft's acquired like Hockey App and products that we had built at Xamarin, like Xamarin Test Cloud, uh, you know, which are widely used by lots and lots of different app developers, big and small, some of the biggest, most famous apps you can imagine, and, and lots of small ones, and lots of internal apps that companies built too. And we kind of saw the same pattern in all these companies, which was you know, everyone's kind of duct taping together all these different services, and frequently they're not doing core things that they want to do. Like most people, only about 20% of, of iOS developers are really using CI. And CI is really useful because you can, you know, the earlier you find a bug, the cheaper it is to fix, right? So if your app no longer builds or your tests are no longer passing, you want to know that immediately. Um, and so we thought, well, let's, let's create a simple service that combines all this functionality in one place. Let's make it something where you can choose to use whichever pieces you want and ignore the others. But if you do use different, you know, the different services that work really well together, let's make it work the way developers want. So basically, as an iOS developer, if your code's in GitHub, you want to use Mobile Center, you can just log into Mobile Center with your GitHub uh, login. You just authenticate it against Mobile Center. We'll show you a list of all your repos. You select the repo that has the app that you want uh, to, to run in Mobile Center. We scan it, we automatically find all the apps that are in it. We can set up CI on the master branch automatically on every push. We set up automated tests. We have a lab with over 2,400 real iOS and Android devices. We'll run your tests on those devices. Uh, we can automatically distribute the app uh, using the functionality that we inherited from Hockey App to the GitHub collaborators or any set of users that you set up. And, uh, and then we do crash reporting and analytics against that, and, and there's lots of other services still to come. But basically, if you can sort of set all that up in just a, a couple of minutes, um, we thought that's a service that pretty much any developer would like to use. And so we made it available for apps written with Xcode and Swift or Objective-C, Android Studio apps built in Java or whatever, Kotlin, whatever you want to build them in. Uh, you can run them inside of uh, Mobile Center. 
I, so I saw this on stage uh, during the keynote and, and it looked pretty slick. Um, it seemed very simple to get your app from from GitHub with with no CI setup at all to being CI and tests and being distributed everything you've just described in like a you know a few clicks basically uh, but but then again that's kind of how keynote demos always go and what I always wonder is what is it like when you really use it what is it like when you hit into some some scenario or um, you know uh, slight tweak you need to make the configuration or something so how, how does how does yeah, it sort of hold up so real use. under the hood, we're, we're using, when it comes to CI, which I think is probably mostly what you're referring to, um, we have a product at Microsoft that's existed for quite a long time called Visual Studio Team Services, and it has a really sophisticated CI uh, functionality. And so under the hood, what we're doing is we're configuring Visual Studio Team Services from Mobile Center, and then we're provisioning hardware you know, to do your builds for you. And so in most cases, that'll work great, right? Because, you know, we can find your, we can find your project and we can configure it. But sometimes you do want to do some customization. Now, a lot of that can actually be done with scripts, basically, pre and post scripts, you know, that like you can accomplish almost everything you need just with pre and post scripts. And so we provide that inside Mobile Center. But if you want to go deeper and really edit the configuration in detail, um, we're going to expose the Visual Studio Team Services underlying pipeline, build pipeline, basically. And you can go as deep as you want and, and modify it, add steps, remove steps, um, you know, edit the raw scripts themselves. Uh, so all that functionality will be in there. Cool. Well. So I, I guess as as you would hope and you would expect, uh, it's one of those things where you've made uh, the usage for for most normal people really simple. But for those that need to dig in, they still can. Yeah. Easy, make easy things. Make you know, make the most common cases really easy, and make the really uncommon cases possible. So one thing that's always a pain when you're trying to get that first build out to beta users or releasing is the whole certificate provisioning profile dance mm -hmm. is does this handle that part of that or do we have to do that up front it's a great question um so uh we we handle part of it for you right now so i think the what, we're, what we want to avoid is being in a situation where um where you feel uncomfortable in terms of your private keys <laughs> and, and sort of where your private keys are living. And so um, we're coming up with a, and it'll be interesting to get people's feedback on this, but basically our approach is um, to be able to uh, do signing on the server using a secure key vault, uh, essentially, that Azure is able to provide natively. And... Um, so you know we're interested to hear feedback, and you're right. There's a lot of pain and agony that that exists around um, provisioning profiles and and signing keys, and and if we can remove that and still provide something that is you know where we can guarantee a very very high level of security for people, then that's what we want to do. Okay. I want to talk to you a little more about uh, Xamarin Test Cloud. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned you have a, 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 I'm going to say a warehouse somewhere, a data center somewhere with 2,400 real mobile devices. That's true. Um, and you can, and, and this was actually showed during the keynote, and I think we, we saw uh, something about it at Build too, but um, you, you basically can run UI automation or UI tests on all these different devices to make sure your app works on every mm -hmm. screen size and every, you know, 
version of iOS, and we're not Android developers, but I imagine it's an even bigger problem. Indeed. The Android developers love it. The iOS <laughs> developers, you know, it's definitely useful, but you get a huge amount of benefit on Android. Uh, how, what, how does that, um, how, how do you write your tests for that? So, I mean, there's UI testing in Xcode. I, I kind of imagine you have something yeah, similar so but different in Xamarin. Uh, support for two different kind of core frameworks currently and and um, a pretty modular architecture so we can add others in the future. Uh, but the two frameworks that we support right now in Test Cloud are Appium and Calabash. Um, so Appium is a really widely used testing framework that's open source that was based originally on the Selenium web driver protocol and has a bunch of front ends. So um, like a lot of Appium tests are written in Java, but you can write Appium tests in JavaScript and, and lots and lots, you know, Ruby and Python, lots of other languages. So um, Appium's quite popular. We've run into a lot of companies that, and, and uh, developers that they use Appium. So uh, it actually covers a huge number of the customers that we've been working with. Um, especially because those teams that tend to do testing in a serious way are probably doing it across iOS and Android. So the ability to use the same framework on iOS and Android is pretty beneficial. And when we started Test Cloud, we actually started by supporting Calabash. And the reason is we're actually, the, we wrote Calabash. It's, it's an open source framework for uh, UI automation um, that actually in many ways predates Appium's deeper support on iOS and Android. And uh, Calabash is Ruby-based, so for the Ruby crowd, it was you know, really popular. And then we also built a C-sharp binding on top of that. Um, well, not on top of the Ruby, but basically we implemented the front-end protocol in C-sharp, so you can write tests in C-sharp as well. Um, and then additionally, we have a test recorder. So this is a standalone application that if you use Test Cloud, you get it. And it allows you to just run the app and interact with it. And as you do that, we, we can output, we basically emit code. So we can emit Appium, we can emit Calabash, uh, we can emit the C-sharp code. And then you can edit it or you can just run it directly in Test Cloud like that. And uh, it's pretty smart. We've invested a lot in it. I'm not aware of another one that's quite as good because um, not only are we able to emit code that, you know, like there's different ways of indexing elements on the screen or, or referring to an element. So we always try to choose sort of the safest way to do that. If there isn't a safe way to do that, you know, we'll tell you, hey, you may want to go you know, start to add some attributes basically to your UI elements so that we can safely um, reference them so that your tests are not brittle in the case where you make small tweaks to your user interface. That's actually a question I had uh, the, the, for people listening who didn't see the keynote. There was a, a demo during the keynote um, actually of, of, of Appium, not in relation to Mobile Center, but uh, in some, some new testing support in Visual Studio, I think. And uh, they showed testing a Windows app. And then um, it, it was pretty funny, but they actually showed using the same tests to test a Visual Basic 6 app. Which is right. probably the first time a VB first time a VB six app's been on stage at a Microsoft event in a while. Yeah, exactly. but uh, but I, when I, when I saw that, and they they talked about how the same thing would work on Android and iOS, and when I saw that, I thought, well, but wait, how do how do all the UI elements have the same mm -hmm. identifiers? That seemed like a big yeah. I mean, <laughs> for, for sure, you know. The, Making your app testable is a good thing to do and usually really easy. You just have to add basically some IDs to, to your apps and uh, to your user interface elements. 
And so one of the things, because not everyone does that, one of the things our test recorder does is it'll sort of flag elements that probably should have them and that don't and make a suggestion to you that you should fix that. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that people sometimes don't invest in UI tests is because they write them in incredibly brittle ways. Um, so for example, anything that just uses kind of XY coordinates, <laughs> you know, and then you move a button or at, change a label uh, you know, on a button and, and so the size changes and suddenly your test stops working. Yeah. Or you, you run just, it on a new device. It's just more trouble than it's or, worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah you run it on a new device, and so it's off screen, and you have to scroll a little bit to get to you know, that, that element, that entry. Um, so we wanted to make it possible to write tests that were really robust. And uh, so that, you know, that's, if, you, if you write your tests appropriately, that's what you get with Test Recorder. It always defaults to trying to do that. So what are some patterns we can use to write tests that aren't brittle? Because I've definitely done tests where we've done XY coordinates yeah. and like the developers all hated it because you change one thing and all your tests break. And yeah. if you don't trust your tests, you're just in trouble from a organizational perspective. So what are some well, with, with both Calabash and Appium, you, there are multiple ways of referring to elements in the screen. So the worst way is XY coordinates. You're welcome to do that. Um, slightly better than that is you can say, give me all the buttons on the screen. I want to tap the third button. Okay, still not great. Uh, you can also refer to elements by the text that is inside them. So you can say, you know, give me a button that has this text. Um, and uh, that's okay, but again, the text may change, or maybe another button will have, you know, that text is a substring, and it's okay. Like that. It might have a number of okay. Yeah, so, right, exactly. That's right. So, kind of going in increasing order of robustness here. And then what you can do is um, you can actually add, um, uh, you can add labels to the UI elements. So you can use the accessibility label, um, or you can use an, an element ID. And so essentially, um, what happens is you're able to, you, as long as you, the developer, do this and give a unique ID to each element, then you can refer to them in your test uniquely. Um, you can also choose multiple things like that, right? So you can say, you know, find me the, and, and that way you can sort of cross-check yourself. So you can say, find me the third button, it should have this text in it. Um, and then if you're not able to find that element to interact with it, typically that's an assertion failure in the test, and so your test fails at that point. So what I recommend, because this sounds like a lot of work to some people, what I always recommend to developers is like, don't worry about trying to cover every piece of functionality in your app with testing. Like today you probably have zero user interface testing, so let's improve on that and, and add you know, two, three, or four tests for some kind of happy path through the app. Like, for example, your sign-up process, or or you know, your, your new user registration, or whatever your core functionality is in the app. And then if you have that running in Mobile Center, well then every time you push, you're gonna make sure that works on a bunch of devices. And maybe you were working on some kind of user profile feature and somehow you broke new user sign up. And it's like not necessarily the thing you're testing all the time yourself because you're maybe always logged into your, your app when you're testing it. Well, it would be good to know that immediately you know, before you accidentally ship it to somebody. So, um, so I think, I think that's the right way to think about it. You can often find bugs pretty easily with a really small number of UI tests. And uh, of course, it's great to have unit tests as well. Mm -hmm. but. Seems like if you can test the parts of the UI that are really critical, like something like a, a new user sign up, if that breaks and people are not able to sign up for your app, you kind of just killed the app, right? right. Uh, and also things that parts of the UI that you're not likely to just hit into during normal development and testing yourself. Totally. Um, 
there was a there was a part of the part of the uh, keynote today that I don't think was was very long or very detailed, but I'm actually interested in, and that is that Mobile Center also includes some analytics support. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about what's there? Yeah, it's um, a great question. We didn't have a lot of time to go into that, so. Our goal with Mobile Center Analytics is to kind of provide the basic analytics view or, or sort of audience demographics and basic event analytics view that a mobile developer would need and then give you uh, a, a way of engaging much more powerful analytics tools for much more detailed or customized queries, reports, that sort of thing. So what we do first is we have an, what we call the audience page, which gives you basic overview of you know, location, device type, operating system versions, uh, you know, number of users that you have, new users, returning users, give you an idea of your retention, session length, um, some sort of basic, you know, basic understanding of, of how people are interacting with the app and who's using it. And in addition to that, we have the ability to, um, to record custom events and record information, you know, sort of properties associated with those events that we can then summarize for you. So you can understand, okay, well, uh, I have a music app and people are playing, you know, I've had, I have uh, this many songs played per session on average. Like you can understand that sort of thing fairly easily. Um, and you can actually understand which subset of your users have performed certain things, right? So you can actually run segmentation across the users. We're going to do that because uh, we're actually planning to bring push notification functionality into Mobile Center in the future also. Um, this will be coming in from one of our products called Azure Mobile Engagement. And so we, we have a lot of this functionality already, but we'll be able to segment users and say, show me everyone who's logged in in New York, you know, who's used the app in New York in the last week who played more than three songs. Okay, I want to I want to segment that user base and understand how big it is and maybe, maybe send them an in-app notification or something okay, like that. That's, that's a way you can split up your user base and do things based on your active users or people that haven't used your app in a while. Give me people that haven't done it. Sure, whatever way you think is appropriate and hopefully is really friendly to your users also. Um, but there, you know, we, our plan is not to answer every imaginable analytic question. And so for that, we'll have the ability to export your data on a streaming basis into both Azure Application Insights and into Power BI. So I'll talk about each of those. Azure Application Insights um, is basically an application performance monitoring tool that you can use to monitor any application that's primarily focused on servers. So you can basically stream all your logs into it, and, uh, and you can see when someone hits your website, you know, what's the performance on average, which calls are actually slowing things down. So you can sort of make performance decisions and, and, and do optimization based on that profiling. And then it also has, the, has a, a feature where you can actually write arbitrary queries against all the telemetry data that it's collecting. And it's incredibly fast and really powerful. So we're going to stream all the telemetry, from, if you choose, in, from Mobile Center into Application Insights. So that will allow you to understand the performance of your mobile application from client to server. right? So you can actually see, OK, you know, how much time am I spending on the server? Like th This screen is taking a while to load for some reason. How much of that is the fault of activities in the client application versus the server, and, and then just dive in specifically to what's going on on the server? So that's why we're doing that. And then Power BI is a general purpose like dashboard sort of reporting tool. Lots of visualizations. Actually, all, all the visualizations, Power BI is really cool. All the visualizations are open source in GitHub. 
Um, and so you'll be able to build really nice web dashboards with any, you know, let's say you've got an in-app purchase that's really valuable for you to track how that in-app purchase is doing. Well, you can build graphs around that and understand which types of users are, are making that in-app purchase frequently. And uh, so we're not trying to make Mobile Center into a general purpose kind of reporting environment because we already have one in Power BI. So you'll be able to export your data. So if we're... Trying to integrate some of these things in, into our app, like the performance testing, to tell if it's coming from a service or just some logic that's and stuck in some for loop doing something you shouldn't be doing. How do you integrate that into your app as an app developer? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I think you know the key thing is. Uh, you know, we're not building, we're not in, intending this to mobile center to be like a uh, in the wild deep profiling tool. I want to like make that clear. So you can't like see, okay, where are the hotspots in my code? It's not about that. What you can do is you can record analytic events, custom events, you can time them, and then you can take those, that timing data, that telemetry data, combine it with your server telemetry data and understand kind of where time is being spent. Okay, so if you have your app initialization, you might have five, six things you're doing. Yeah, you, you can so time you can those. Some kind of analytic throughout there and know how long exactly. before enter, enter this thing, leave yeah. this thing. And yeah, I mean, the idea, and, and that's sort of what you want for production apps. If then you determine, wow, for some reason we're spending a lot of time, whatever, you know, refreshing this cache, then you can actually pull out your profiler and your IDE and, and start trying to understand why that's occurring. So, so is there, there, there must be an SDK, especially, well, I mean, for the analytics in particular, there must be an SDK that yep. developers put in there. Their app, and uh, I know Microsoft owns Xamarin now, and you know, obviously, that's something that's close to you. But uh, for for those that are not Xamarin developers, I imagine you have an Objective C SDK. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have an Objective C SDK. Um, uh, we have Swift bindings on top of that, so so you can use it from Swift easily. Um, we have an Android SDK as well. Um, we do have Xamarin SDK, like you said. We also have React Native, um, so you have a you have a nice way of using it from from JavaScript, and all those are open source and they're available on GitHub. And we're taking pull requests. So there's ways people want to improve them and that sort of thing. So, how much else of the ecosystem is available to native developers? Obviously, something like Hockey App started off as yep. a non-Microsoft tool, and you can still use that. And I've been, I've been using it since Apple bought TestFlight. But how many other things are can we can native developer use? Oh, that's a good question. So I think, you know, what we're trying to do is collect in Visual Studio Mobile Center all of the tools that a native developer would want to use over over time. We don't have them all there yet, but we want this to be a kind of one-stop shop for, for developers of mobile apps where they can find continuous integration, they can find testing, they can find distribution uh, in the future additional features. Um, A-B testing, for example. I mentioned push notification is something we're working on already. Um, so I think uh, you, know, you can look at our existing products for that, but our goal is to bring them all into Mobile Center. Um, I guess the only one we didn't talk about in detail was uh, Code Push. So it's, it's, doesn't, it's, it's, non, it's not a Xamarin thing, but it's um, also not exactly a native thing. But for developers who use JavaScript code inside their apps, whether it's like a Cordova app or a React Native app, and you want to be able to push new assets down to the app, um, without going through a new app submission sort of app store review cycle, 
Code Push is a great way to do that. And it's for React Native developers, it's now the number one NPM, sort of third-party uh, NPM package that's out there. So, um, so it's been really popular. What I'd like to do is extend that to non-code assets for native apps as well. So basically remote configuration and, and assets in general. So re resources like if you want to push new um, you know, images down to the app or if you want to push new data sets or whatever, you can do all that through code push, which, which will also be part of Mobile Center. Yeah, definitely. It's been, it's been great to see Microsoft you know, take these different parts and put them together. You know, at, at, during the keynote, they said Microsoft loves developers. And as people who work in the Apple ecosystem, we're sometimes thinking Apple's just not in, that into us. You know, so Apple's, you think Apple's not that into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple's not that into us. Apple's not, not that into us. I mean, us. sometimes they are. They, they well, gave we, us we love you very much. much. There we go. And, yeah. 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 Xcode doesn't crash as much anymore, you know? So well, it's, yeah. <laughs> now it just takes forever to step over a line of code in the debugger. That's my current Xcode pet peeve. <laughs> they seem to have broken for no reason after it worked for 15 years. But um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to see Microsoft sort of as, as a longtime Apple fan. It's fun to see Microsoft in this position where they're doing really cool stuff that I care about and that I like and that, you know, I'm impressed to see coming out and find useful for myself because that was just not true for a long time. The other thing we want to do is, is be really, I mean, I agree with you. That's kind of part of why we were so excited to join right now. It's like, gosh, this is a great time to, to be at Microsoft because it's totally earnest. Like, people sincerely want to do the right thing, to be open. Um, they recognize at micro, we, we, you know, we recognize that there's lots of other developer communities out there. And if you just look at the keynote today, you know, the first 30 minutes were like all on a Mac and, yeah. you know, yeah. doing Node.js and MongoDB and all in GitHub. And so I think that's, that's a real genuine thing. And, and it extends to Mobile Center too. So, you know, all our, first of all, we have a public REST API for everything that's on the site. Every piece of functionality we have is built on that REST API so anyone can, can use it. Um, we are open sourcing uh, all our command line tools and SDKs, of course. And uh, our roadmap is going to be completely public, um, and we're soliciting lots of feedback on it, and we're going to iterate. Uh, we're planning to have a weekly release cycle for the next year or so. So it should be pretty great. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, do you need to go soon? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I... I uh, some of these things are things I would actually like to check out and use. I, I used um, Azure Mobile Engagement for one of the last projects I worked on, uh, actually after hearing about it at Build. Uh, and it seems like you're just working to sort of, but I, 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 one impression I got at that time was like, well, they've got all these great things, but they seem to have come from acquisitions and they're not really all yeah. <laughs> together yet, but it seems like you're making really good progress. Yeah, I mean, we just started about four months ago on Mobile Center, so there's still a lot to do, but we're really encouraged by how much we were able to bring together in a short time and also like the opportunities it opens up for the types of tools you can build once you have all the stuff in one place. It seems like uh, a lot of the things we've talked about are not necessarily new in the sense that there have been various services out there that have done the things we've talked about. I mean, Hockey App is, is a big one that I've known about for a long time uh, that's now at Microsoft. But there's a lot to me that seems like there's, there's a, a lot of value in having them sort of all in one place. So you're not using Hockey for this and, you know, parse for that and all this stuff that now sort of Azure can do the whole thing for you and you've got this one so that to me that's really quite attractive versus arguing over every yeah, piece exactly. of the right. puzzle we're just going to use Azure just one thing is like just do it yeah, yeah but 
but it works in a lot of cases. That's 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 a great win. Um, is there anything else you really think we should cover before we wrap up? Okay. Uh, well, it's it's been really great to talk to you and to learn a little bit more about what you're doing with Mobile Center. Uh, and because these are special shows, Jamie and I are not gonna not gonna have picks, but um, we have asked Nat for for a couple picks. So, all right. Well, I've got two picks for you. Uh, the first is a podcast I've been listening to lately that I really love, and um, it's called Rationally Speaking, and it's from um, someone named Julia Galiff who runs the Center for Applied Rationality, which tries to help people understand their cognitive biases and therefore make better decisions and judgments in their life. And she has amazing guests and is an incredible interviewer. And it's all about rationality and arguments and, and you know, how to make good arguments, how to identify good and bad reasons for doing things. And so I think that one's awesome. I, I recommend it to everybody. And the other is an app, um, which I've been using, which I think is really great and I think we should all support. It's open source. It's called Signal. It's from Whisper Systems and Moxie Marlinspike, famed cryptographer, sailboat vagabond. And uh, I think it's great. It provides full end-to-end -end encryption for all your messages, um, has data retention policies, so it allows you to have incredible private communications. And uh, WhatsApp adopted the end-to-end -end signal protocol in WhatsApp recently. Uh, but I think Signal, you know, really is doing the best job of defending privacy, and so I think it's a great app. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on, Nat. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check both of those out. They sound well. I, I kind of already knew about Signal, but the podcast sounds especially great. Um, it was good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great rest of the event. Thanks you too. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.